body count continues. 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23. The day you count on for terror is not over. Friday the 13th, part two, rated R. This is what we do with our greatest fans. Eventually, when they hit a certain tier... You win a golden ticket. They, exactly. <laughs> and then you get to come on the show. Yeah. <laughs> you get to see the magic. We open up the keys to the studio, mm-hmm. and in you come. It's one at a time. Beautiful. Yeah. It's. Yeah. We like gold, and we like diamonds. I can tell. So, we like to line the walkways. We like to line the just the edges of the building with diamonds. Yeah. It's yeah. just... We like a little glint... Yeah. Yeah. It, it's got to shine, baby. You got to like the sparkle. If David isn't seeing three tons of 24 karat diamonds, he's got a problem. Yeah. No, there, there will be hell to pay. There's a yeah. call. There's a call <laughs> being made. <laughs> Whenever I find Nobody a, a wants dark to upset spot. David. Diamonds in full view yeah. all the time on the lot. Well, here we are. We're back with another episode of reconsinimation wow. it's a very special occasion today mm-hmm. it's a very special day it's late in the studio very late it's dark. a uh, it's dark it's the way you like it exactly lights L- low lights off i like one dim light over my microphone mm-hmm. separate booths as we always do it yeah so if i get scared like there's nobody around i'm just <laughs> totally alone yeah. uh but it's here and it is a very special day because it's Friday the 13th. Ooh. And everybody knows what we do on Friday the 13th. We talk about Friday, Friday the, 13th the 13th movie. Yeah. And Great. we have a very special guest. Yeah, oh, uh, direct from the Recon Cinema Voorhees Institute. Newly christened this week. We, uh, we tore down an old building. Used to be my old office. And built a three-story monstrosity. But this will be dedicated to movies like Friday the 13th. And we're here with our director of the Voorhees Institute. Brent Hutchins. Here he is. Hey, guys. Welcome to the show. Hey, glad to be here. Uh, Beautiful facility. Thank you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, We really appreciate it. Uh, The team and I are really happy. Thank you. We have a staff of a thousand that just sweep, shine, polish. Mm -hmm. It is sparkling. Yeah. You could eat off the floors. It's amazing. (laughs) And sometimes we do. It, It does happen. It's usually those, what I like. Those that. diamond and gold floors <laughs> kept very clean. Yeah. <laughs> this is Reconcinimation, your podcast that takes a look back at our favorite films from the 70s, 80s, and 90s, checking out if they hold up today. I'm John Diner. And I'm Dave Munchak. So it's been a while since our last Friday the 13th. Yes. This is, is an ongoing tradition in, in my history. Uh, is every Friday the 13th, we just got to roll right through, roll yep. to the next one. Yeah. So it's been, what, a year? It's been over a year. Over a year. Was it last August, I think? August of 2018 was the last Friday the 13th? That could be right, yeah. Yeah. We've had a gap. So, yeah, since the calendar had it, and we reviewed part one, the first movie. Which you can uh, download and listen in our archives at Mm www.reconcinimation.com. But uh, here we are now. We're going to talk about the very next entry in the franchise, 
Friday the Thirteenth, Part Two. Yeah, makes sense. That's logical. You you would think you would think it would have some clever nickname like Freddy's Revenge or something. Nope. We're just going to stick with a number. Part two. Yeah. It's a, it's an ongoing saga. This is the second part. It's kind of like the movie itself. It's straightforward to the point. Mm-hmm. This is what you have. Rolls right up the tongue. Yeah. yeah. There's no there's no confusion about it. <laughs> um, Brent, I'm glad you're here because I do want to formally protest my participation in this episode. Why is that? Because uh, we're talking about Friday the 13th. Not really a fan of the first one, which is a spoiler for the first, the last episode. But I, I hung in there. I, as an academic, in an academic sense, I had fun talking about that first one. But man, that movie did not do it for me. And now we're talking about part two. Yeah. Ooh. Even better. Watched. Yeah. I watched it for the first time this week. I won't be watching it again. You let's. <laughs> I mean, it's, a, it's a strong entry into the into the franchise. This this sets up a lot of things, though. I can let's, tell. Let's talk about what's really going on because that's a complete lie. What? You called me crying no. in tears. You were begging someone to come over to to just someone be present with you. You were too scared. That's you know that's mostly false. What you're saying. <laughs> What you're saying is what possible. I'm saying is about 45 percent false. <laughs> I'm jumping the John gun. Just came over and you guys cuddled, right? Like that was, he holds yeah. he holds me when I ask him yeah. to. Got it. He doesn't like it, but he does it because he's a friend. We're we're partners, so yeah. That's um, how I remember it from college. That's I'm also on this episode. <laughs> a lot of, oh, because you you guys went to college together. We were roommates, right. even. Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. Like Doctor Doom and uh, Reed Richards, right? Is that right? Yes. You were roommates in college. Yeah. And now here you are. Yes. Podcasting. He'd be, he'd be Reed Richards. We never really got to be mortal enemies. We were always kind of friendly with each other. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's cool. We made it through. Yeah. Oh. It's I, hard. I mean, you're, you're yeah. sharing a tiny dorm room together. Come on. This is... Yeah. You're going to hate each other after a little while. Yeah. It didn't take long for me to initially have those feelings because <laughs> my alarm clock every day in the morning was uh, the theme song to Dallas. So, <laughs> oh, yeah. This is true. That's what you woke this up to. This is true. Which I now hold fondly, but at the time was... Was that just because John would watch a Dallas episode at seven in the morning, or that, that's yeah, exactly right? That's, <laughs> yes. yes, yeah, on TNN. That's yeah. No, 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 on video cassette, dude. Didn't you have every single Correct. episode on video cassette? You would just kind of play them Correct. over and over and over again. Recorded off TNN. I, that's how but, I remember it. Yeah, yeah. this is true. Wow. I had I remember to find very little from college, but that part I remember. I had to well. find out what happened with Carter McKay and trying to take over Ewing Oil again. Yeah, I, honestly, I, I don't even know who those people are. I never watched a single episode. I just heard the theme music every day. Well, those that get the Carter McKay reference, that was George Kennedy. Remember, yeah. remember old George Kennedy? Georgie? Uh, yeah. R.I.P. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a very subtle nod there. So, uh, But yeah, so, we, so Brent and I go way back, mm-hmm. way back to, as we've talked about many times, College of Santa Fe. Yep. R.I.P. You're here. Yes. R.I.P. A lot of... And during those formative years, Brent was known for having a gathering or two. Gathering of a party or of a... friends. Well, we, yeah. We, we had a club. Yeah, a club. We had it a was club. A, a club. an exclusive club. <laughs> that was open to everybody. So it was like exclusive, exclusive. to human beings that like to gather. Got yes. Uh, and at some of those gatherings, we would... There were different things, let's just say, going on in different areas of the... Yeah, we had different themed areas. Different themed, yes. Yeah. And one of those, we would run the Friday the 13th movies. 
and it was uh, just people come in, watch for a little while, we'll all make fun of it, we'll all enjoy it, mm-hmm. drink a lot, mm-hmm. drink to it. We would have drinking games to the, those movies. Sure. And uh, we had a great time. And last year, right around, well, a little over a year ago, we had a, a, a kind of a reunion of that yeah. and did a, yet another outdoor movie night marathon of which everyone in this room was partaking in. I was there. Good times. And it was fantastic. I saw parts three, four, and five. No, four, five, and six. That's right. Yeah. For the first time. Yes. We didn't. We actually didn't do two. We, we did uh, two or three. We did four, five, and six, which is mm-hmm. a trilogy, which in about two years we'll get to that yep. on this show. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> if, if we're only hitting Friday the 13th once yeah, a year, we, we that's all, the only time yeah. it's hitting the calendar, then yeah. It's a special occasion. I, this I, is a bonus show. I, I like the Well, approach. there's another Friday the 13th in November. I know. So, so we're going we, boom, boom. Yeah. Right to part three. Yeah. Yeah. I got to look at next year's calendar to see how many we're going we're gonna to get in. It's the, like every month there's a Friday. They're canceling all the Friday the 13th. Fantastic. They need to make more movies. We're, exactly. <laughs> well, now there's the whole lawsuit, which is kind of over, I think. So yeah, what's so explain that a little bit. The lawsuit that's going on right now is uh, the writer from the first movie, Victor yes. Miller, has sued Sean Cunningham, the director from the first movie, who has now owns the franchise. He has sued him for the rights to the Jason character, all the merchandise and everything associated with it from everything after the first movie. Which is, has been a, a debate. Sean Cunningham's point of view is that Victor Miller didn't really create Jason. He created a character named Jason, but not the hockey mask-wearing murderer that we all have come to know and love. Victor Miller's point is that it doesn't matter what the character looks like, he created, he created Jason Voorhees. Mm-hmm. Right. And the courts have ruled that he is correct, that... He did create Jason Voorhees. So so the writer wins. So the writer has won. I think there was an appeal, and so it's still kind of going through the court proceedings. And unfortunately, it's frozen the entire franchise. That's why no movies have happened since the one in 2010, I think it was, the right. last one. Um, the video game came out, but it got cut short of any updates, and it just kind of got stopped right where it was. And no, you know, no other real... There's been some... Merchandise, but not much. Man, that's a bummer. I'm, I'm like, ready for a Freddy versus Jason part two. It, it'll be back. It'll be back. It's just gonna be a matter of time. Yeah, really. Once it all gets settled, there's gonna be big money being thrown around. I'm sure to yeah. like reboot this thing. Yeah, they're just gonna have to give a bunch of it to Victor Miller. Yeah, that's all. Did he ha- did he get anything before? Like, was he just not? He he had nothing before this lawsuit. I'm uh, no, not really. Yeah. So part of why we're why I like talking about this franchise is it's it's really interesting kind of journey through almost like independent filmmaking. Mm-hmm. It was all, you know, it was funded by uh well it was distributed by Paramount and funded independently, but it was really run it was really run independently. Paramount kind of always kept it at arm's length and Loved all the money that it made, but did not want to really admit any kind of creative involvement or responsibility right. for it. Um, so it's an interesting journey through the creation of the first one all the way through what that franchise eventually became and how huge it became and what a, what a you know icon of the 80s and a horror icon that Jason Voorhees became. Yeah. And each movie is kind of a different story. And at this point in part two... 
it's still in the formative years. They're still... Right. And I mean, this is the one where they actually, you know, introduced Jason. Right. Like, the beginnings of the guy who became iconic. Right. Right. The first one, Friday the 13th, is really just... And it was always intended to be a essentially a ripoff of Halloween. Sure. They always admitted that. There wasn't any... They were just trying to have a successful movie based off that, cash it in, turn it around to make another movie... Hopefully not a horror movie. Right, and the I and I think the originally the sequels were planned to be more like an anthology, than like a continuation of that kind of story from the first movie. Right, right. right. So a different horror type story in every for every film. Right, like just like, like a TV series would do an anthology. Like yeah, a, similar to what like what Halloween three tried to do after after the first. Exactly. Season. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're not really telling you the story of Michael Myers or, or you know, Jason. We're telling you a different story that just happens to happen on Friday the 13th yeah. or Halloween. Yeah. yeah. So it's like Tales from the Dark Side as a film. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. Which also happened. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't talk about that. That opening credit sequence from the show still, still awesome. disturbs me. I, it's brilliant. I oh still my. think it's brilliant. Uh, I'll play it for my wife sometimes. And yeah. she'll just walk right out of the fuck out Does of the room. she get creeped the, out the more than you? The desaturation of color at yep. the end. Yeah, it's <laughs> I remember watching that, I don't know, seven years old or something at my oh, grandmother's gosh. apartment. And I was just, I was like frozen in terror yeah. just from that credit sequence. <laughs> I only remember, like, I, I think I watched every one of those episodes when I was a kid, but I only remember one. And it's it basically this old couple is cooking young couples in this hot tub that they have. And I'm like, okay. It's getting hot tub. Yeah. <laughs> Avoid all hot tubs and old people. <laughs> okay. That's what it's, I learned as a yeah. kid. That's Charles for hot And you, tubs. you made your way uh, through life with that. Yeah. 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 Successful. You've never been in a hot tub. No, no. Yeah, I've been in a lot of hot tubs. But, <laughs> uh, that's but, uh, true. But not, not, not as a child. But, but not with old people. You're always very that's alert. Right. Yeah. I just yeah. made sure it was filled with other people my age. Yeah. <laughs> He's it. constantly like looking over his shoulder for old people. That's why you check IDs at the pool. That's right. Yeah, you always yeah. check IDs. Yeah. Anyone over the age of 42, not allowed. Which yeah. is sad. Don't yeah. trust them. Don't Until trust we're them. that age, and then we're fine. Which is, but everyone right. else younger. Yeah. <laughs> Which is a lot sooner than it used to be. Uh, no. 23. I'm about to turn 23. You carry, uh, it. You carry it well. Yeah, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you. So you do you. And you. No, you don't, David. I don't. <laughs> Just kidding. Except for these abs. Yeah. Abs My seal. <laughs> Um, so yeah, so the first movie did amazingly well, super big hit, much bigger than they expected. They were planning on, they weren't really ready for the success of it. Uh, Sean Cunningham really wanted to move away from this as fast as he could and was taking lots of meetings with, within like three months of it coming out, Paramount was already wanting to turn it around to a, a you know, to another sequel with no idea in mind of what that would be, but just, we, we have to make another one. Okay. So Sean Cunningham wants to walk away and, and he eventually does, and does return down the road, but um, hands the franchise over to an associate producer from the first movie named Steve Miner. Steve Miner. Steve Miner, who would have a very successful career through lots of horror movies and uh, now it's big TV career. I think a lot of ABC Family shows is what, kind of what he's oh, been really? doing lately. Yeah, I had no idea. But he'll throw out a Lake Placid every once in a while. Oh, okay. You know, <laughs> sure. You're familiar with Good that, David. 
Oh, absolutely. I love that. He's been directing. He, he doesn't stop directing. He just keeps going. His you, la- can't, you can't stop the minor. Yeah. His last TV episode was a Once Upon a Time episode mm-hmm. in its final season. Just FYI. Yeah. <laughs> you taped that one, didn't you? Uh, uh, yeah, I have the whole series. VHS? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah well, it's the only way to record anything. <laughs> I need that, that low resolution <laughs> magnetic tape. Yes. It's the only way to preserve it. Yeah. So, so Steve Miner steps into the director's chair and really, really wants to keep everything from the first movie as, as much as possible. He wants to keep the tone the same, wants to bring the entire crew back, everyone who had you know, major creative involvement. He wanted to make sure they came back to just keep the train moving. You know, Unfortunately, a lot of them opted not to. Tom Savini was the makeup department head who did all the effects and has a incredible career uh in the in the industry mostly horror movies uh but he opts not to come back as well and just wanted to do he wanted to move on wanted to do something else uh i think he didn't totally agree with where the franchise was going when they heard so it was it was a combination of paramount and the writer ron uh ron kurz who was a who was a who got partial screen credit uh, for the first movie for some rewrites that may or may not have happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's brought on board to write the second movie. And they kind of just come up with the idea of, well, who's the killer going to be? It can't be Mrs. Voorhees. Spoiler alert. Why not have it just be Jason? Brilliant. Like, right. without much Brilliant thought of idea. being... Like, how logistically would that have worked? And right. So Savini is uh, is not really into that. thinks it's just getting too hokey too quick and walks away from the from the project. Having not been around at all during that, but having obviously grown up during the time where they're making all these movies and obvi- and, and Jason has now become such an icon, I have no idea why you wouldn't think that that was not a brilliant idea. Like yeah. I can't even wrap my head around it. Like what the franchise would be like with without that decision. Well, I think part of it is that there was, at this point already, there were so many horror movies just coming out all the time. And even then, so many of them are crap. Totally enjoyable, but crap movies. And I think he saw that this would very quickly kind of downgrade into into that instead of being something unique that uh, the first movie became. So... You know, he went. He went off and had his own amazingly successful career. I like that he has a purity for the thing, even though it's like we're making a Halloween ripoff. I mean, they're, obviously they're doing their own thing, and, the, and obviously the way the murders are done. I mean, it does stand on its own. If you didn't, you didn't. Nece- you don't necessarily know it's a Halloween ripoff. It's just like we need teens getting killed. Like that's that's the basic premise. That's the only thing they really repeat. But the different setting and everything, and uh, the the creative kills. I think uh, really make it stand apart in that first one, right? Yeah, like and, you know, and they got away with more gore in the first movie, and that becomes yeah. a and kind of an ongoing the real the real villain for the Friday the Thirteenth Friday the Thirteenth franchise is the MPAA. Yeah, right. I mean, they had to cut something like a minute out of of the film, right? Yeah, they cut about like fifty blood and guts. Yeah, fifty two seconds. I yeah. think they cut out, um, like and they showing the gore and the, the aftermath. Had to yeah. Be cut? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. there That's are right. a lot of quick, quick cuts. Exactly. Yeah. And there are those those white, you know, kind of yeah, flashes. The white flash frames. And those were all put in to cover up 
where there would have been extra gore or you know just a way to cut around it yeah. where's that director's cut I want to see they've apparently there is no print of it ever like no. yeah. anywhere Did they destroy the footage like what happened like, who, who knows I mean yeah. back then they didn't really take care of film prints as mm-hmm. well as they do now yeah or whatever format they're on so a lot of master you know master prints were melted and ruined over time and not temperature controlled and now it's uh i actually had to i talked to paramount the paramount archives a few weeks ago to pull pull uh chinatown out of there and it takes like a week to get out of cold storage and then they have to let it sit in a particular environment to just warm up to the right level and then they'll test it out before they even let anybody see it they'll run it on their own like yeah it's great it's pretty cool yeah it's amazing yeah as, as, as it should be, you know, a lot of these things are historic at this point. Yeah, so. and once they're gone, they're gone. Yeah. So, got to take care of them. Got to take care of especially the good stuff. Yeah. Of which this, you know, would qualify. So. Part two, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I want to remind everyone I'm here legally uh, uh, obligated. This is a legal obligation. I think it's bananas that you don't like this movie. I signed, like, it, it signed a contract. Like, it kind of my mind a little bit. Like The first it, one, you mean? Uh, like... To me, well, any of them. I mean, okay. I was with you last year when we watched <laughs> four, five, and six. Yes. And it doesn't hold anything, hold any weight with you at all either. But 25 I mean, five minutes into part five, I, I leaned over to you like, I cannot I know believe we're watching I this. Remember. What are we doing this for? I was so mad. <laughs> You're like, this is a big waste of time. And you both admit five's terrible. <laughs> but five has some great deaths, though. Yeah. That's the thing about five is is it's a kind of a blasphemy to the franchise, but the death scenes are totally entertaining. For yeah. sure, but the, also I think just in general, like if you look at all of them, like the thing about the franchise is that they are willing to try all sorts of different gimmicks in each installment. You know, yeah. I mean, yeah, sure, yes, absolutely. Even starting with three, yeah, three D, four. I guess four is four is my favorite, and it's more conventional. Yes, four is one of the few that don't have a gimmick, but right. three's got it, five's got it, six, seven, seven especially, Seven's and eight. Great. Yeah, seven's your favorite. Yeah, I'll have to come back for seven. Cause... Yeah, well, you'll come back for come, come all. Come back for them all, man. <laughs> you're in. You're in for all of these. We'll this is feel that way by the end of the. No. The Friday the Thirteenth story is one giant story that we, we are dividing sure. up into pieces. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So welcome to part two. <laughs> Again, happy to be here. Yeah. So it's it's this movie on all levels is still in the formative years of this franchise they don't know where jace you know they don't know what jason's gonna look like and that's ends up why he looks the way he does yeah you mean with the bag on his with head with a bag or, on his or, head yeah yeah they couldn't really come up with a, a complete look of what he should look like they're trying to age him appropriately so the, the so this right. within the world of the story this is set five years after the first one right so if part one is 1980 Technically, this, this was a, in the future. The future, eighty-five. Nineteen eighty-five mm. explains all the technology. And there is a timeline because I think most of the rest of them take place like either the next day or like the next month or maybe the next year. Right from like from that point on, like they really kind of like hammer in at the beginning of each movie, like where exactly it fits. Yeah, oh, really? after the last movie. Right. Oh, when does part three start? Part three is. I think the next day after yeah. part two, really? because in the beginning they're referring to 
the police report of what happened at the end of this movie. Oh, yeah, okay. like yeah, exactly. Which one? Which one is it that starts like literally on at the at the site of the last one, and they're like bagging up the, four. Yeah. So four okay. starts at the right where three right. leaves off. Wow. Yeah. So two, three, four are immediately consecutive. Yeah. And then you've got the gap between four and five, because Corey Feldman becomes a a man. A man, Tommy. Yeah. yeah. Tommy becomes a man. Of course. Uh, and that's we don't really know. He ages about fifteen years, yeah. but it's really supposed to be about I think like five or something. Yeah. So well, that's how they do it, right? Because I mean, even when you're, when you're aging five years, everybody has to age about fifteen. Because mm-hmm. I think I think the the young kid who's at the end of the first Friday Thirteenth. And and the dude they have playing Jason in in the second one, you know, definitely definitely more than a five year age gap. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh god, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And that was part of that they just. I that's one. I don't know. I guess that's one problem I have with the movie is that it doesn't. I mean, it's a problem that they admit it too. One, like, there's only one problem. <laughs> that uh, oh my god, they don't address that. You know, they just kind of like this is Jason now. Yeah. We're not going to get into. You know, yeah, he survived off squirrels and berries and whatever, yeah. and now he's physically fit, uh, a physically fit twenty-five-year-old guy, yeah. who's well, deformed, uh, but you know, yeah, worse for worse. just in the head. Well, yeah. The body is fine. Yeah. Well, I, I, I would argue at the end of part one that really is a dream sequence that she's a, a dreaming a, a teen or a kid, you know, like grabbing her. Right. You know, he's a little older than like a little kid, but he's not. You know, I, I kind of buy it that. It did, that never really happened. Well, that's and that's true. That yeah. that that is that's always been debated whether what that scene is is that a dream of, of Alice's at the right. end of the movie? Is it did if, it happen? And if the rest of the franchise didn't exist, maybe. But the fact that there's, you know, what eight more movies after that, like I think maybe the kid was really there. <laughs> In the yeah, lake and, and and attacking Alice. I mean, I don't buy it. I don't know. I don't see why. Why not? I mean, in in, in future installments of the movie, uh, you know, Jason's all about being in the liking. Right. Oh, sure, sure. But he's not. That's one of the things they haven't established yet for right. for this Jason is that he's really not a supernatural character yet. Right. He's just some dude with a bag on his head. Yeah. Yeah, like that one shot where the sheriff sees him or whatever, and he's just walking. It's the first like full body shot of him, and he's got the mask on i think and he's walking ac- running across into the woods and i was like oh that's that's jason <laughs> like, looks, yeah looks they weird. definitely hadn't gotten into the whole like he's indestructible part of this i mean even later in the movie like towards the climax you know like he's pretty feeble and gets kind of his yeah. ass whooped you know a little bit um yeah, he's fighting paul like paul's holding his own yeah paul's a yeah. big wang paul. like <laughs> yeah you know but yeah, yeah there's not there isn't that supernatural element but there is that that whole thing with his obsessiveness with his mom like you can imagine he was there witnessing everything going on in the first movie and then he take you know he takes his revenge out on alice i guess supposedly that that opening murder sequence takes place within weeks of the first movie yeah it's about and three then, weeks later i think yeah uh which a lot of great wonders in that opening sequence actually yeah. like i actually was really impressed with it's kind of like from a technical kind of like goodfellas through the copacabana yeah right? sure yeah. yeah but like just you know, a nice little recap of the first movie. She has her nightmare, <laughs> like, and it's just like, come on, let's let's get on with it. But yeah. nice little recap, uh, and then yeah, she the the there's the big flaw of this movie is like, obviously, Minor does not know how to direct with like good tension and, and suspense. Like, 
there's some of that there, and I think the climax has some of that, but the, the movie's just kind of boring, like, overall. Well, I mean, you know. just to defend him for a second, this, yeah. is, this is his first movie. Oh, sure, so sure. So he's, he's kind of, like, learning by doing, and you see that in this. Right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, yeah. I'm not saying he's a terrible director. I'm just saying, like, he wasn't effective with, like, making this, like, tense. Right. Like, the yeah, first movie has that tension, I think. He's certainly getting, like, learning his chops, you know, a little bit, yeah. for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and another interesting thing about the movie is that very quickly you learn that this is not like Halloween, where our leading lady is not going to carry us through the through the franchise. Mm-hmm. She's knocked off in the like opening scene of, of part two. Oh yeah. Very upset about that, by the way. Yeah. I did not like that. Well, and it's it's funny because well it's not funny, but it is not funny. <laughs> the supposedly the story is that Adrian King uh, asked to not participate in part two because she was dealing with a personal issue, a stalker who was very much uh, a dominant part of her life at that moment. And she wanted to step back from acting for a little while and get out of the spotlight and then kind of redirect her career, which unfortunately never really happened. Um, She, so that that's been debated. Uh, That's, that's one version of the story another is just that this was what they came up with and they wanted to change it up and make it a new group of campers and not have Alice be the through line through through the movies yeah um so they could have also just not brought her back and just left it like they do with some of the other yeah uh heroines so oh, so some of the heroines are not referenced again or... some of the yeah surviving ladies uh just you don't hear from them again they're just the last girl yeah just the last girl. Well, they probably had nice, fruitful, uh, productive lives yeah. after that story. Yeah. <laughs> they did. They no, won. No need to check in. No, no. <laughs> they got away. They escaped. Uh, so, yeah. So, it's a whole fresh cast, a whole, like... Fresh faces. Fresh faces. Uh, Hollywood's hot. Fresh faces. Hollywood's hottest young actors. <laughs> 1981 edition. <laughs> who, who were they again? <laughs> Amy um, Steele. <laughs> John Fury. Steel Fury. Jason. <laughs> Part two. Um, yeah, Amy Steele is the new lead. Uh, she is... I don't know, how do you feel about her in comparison with the other leading ladies of the Friday franchise? Uh, I feel like she fits the same mold as all of them, but but doesn't really stand out in any one particular way to me, you know? Yeah, I really, I mean, I technically I've seen now seven movies with Jason in them. I don't remember the Freddy versus Jason one. Uh, and then I saw the one where the doctor eats his heart. Oh, God. Whatever, I, whichever movie I, that one is. I loathe that one. That's Jason Goes to Hell. Jason yeah. Goes to Hell, which that was the pre That one's pretty rough. Which ends with the glove, uh, I think, at the very that's right. Well, that's when new, when new Line takes over the franchise after part eight, it just goes fucking bananas. <laughs> mm-hmm. Then it's really out of control. It's, yeah. They're just doing... It like, was really holding back until then. Jason's body hopping and, and people are eating hearts and... What I, it's oh, just oh, and yeah. supposedly Mrs. Voorhees' bodies in that movie too, and then oh, and then Jace's heart gets into her body, and then he he turns into Jason. That's how he was resurrected. It's, it's insane. That's Jason's the... heart is downstairs with Mrs. Voorhees, and then he pops through the ceiling, something like that. I remember it was like a big like scared jump scare. 
That was fun. That was, I don't know. I watched that and Demolition Man on the same night. That is Good a thing. night. That, that's, that's a, a win. Feature. But that was my first Jason movie, or Friday the 13th Wow. Movie. Really? Or, yeah, that one. What was yours, Brent? What was the first uh, Friday the 13th you saw? I actually think it was the first movie, and I'm pretty sure I recall like looking out either the bars of my, of my crib or out the <laughs> mesh of my playpen, uh, watching it on TV in my parents' room, like... They're like, oh, he'll never remember this. But they were wrong. I think, I think that was everything. the first time that I oh, saw yeah. the first movie. That's when it cements. Yeah. That's when it cements the most. Yeah, and I think that's probably why I love all these movies now. Just the nostalgia of the whole thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, that's, that's ex- I, honestly, that's a true story. I, I really do remember. I'm going to call an agency on your folks. Oh, they have to, someone has to know what they you're did. You're going to call Child Protective Services <laughs> now yes. for something that yeah. happened. I don't think there's yeah, a statute of limitations. Uh, that probably wasn't the, the, the best decision. I think we've learned a lot more about child care since yeah, I was a little kid. But, a little bit. But, but, uh, look, but look what it did. It established this love of a thing. You're obviously yeah. a, a well-adjusted human being. You're the director of the Voorhees Institute. Correct. Which is not an easy job to get. It's not no. a job that I take lightly. Yeah. yeah. Um, so the think, applications for we're still getting applications for it yeah. every day. There's yeah. fifty. There's bundles, and we just throw them right in the furnace. It's I've heard it. I've Jobs heard taken. it. Jobs yeah. taken. Compares Stop. to Santa's mail that he gets. Yeah, uh, the miracle on Thirty Fourth Street. Yeah, when yeah. they just walk in with bags and bags. bags. Yeah. yeah, all addressed to Chris Kringle, <laughs> North Pole. I think that's what he. I think that's what he says. That seems right. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, my yeah, my eight was my. So, what was your first one? My my first. Okay, I remember seeing part one, pieces of it, because I, I my dad must have been watching it. The first one I like sat down and watched all the way through was part eight. Part eight. Part eight. Whoa. And that Manhattan? was yeah, it was nineteen ninety when that came out on VHS. That was the first one. First one I saw all the way through. Really. And I fell in love with it after that, and that was that was the year I really got into horror movies, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we just went through. I think I watched the first four at that point, and then then I didn't. I, w- I wasn't really paying attention to what was the chronology of it. Yeah, I don't think I saw part seven till like way later. But. Yeah. See, for me, like so, as as funny as this might sound, considering my parents were watching this uh, when I was still in the crib. Uh, they weren't really into letting me see a bunch of movies that with blood and guts and gore and, and sure. nudity and things like that. Uh, but my next door neighbor's parents were like super relaxed about that stuff. <laughs> so I would always go spend the night over there and we would like stay late. They had like HBO and we'd stay late at night and just like watch whatever like debauchery was on HBO at the time. And Friday the 13th was like one of those movies, like whatever the newest installment was, you know, Three months after it left theaters, it would be it would be over at his house, like watching yeah watching the movies. So that that's how where I think I see I saw most of them, but I was young, like seeing all of them through. Did you did you ever really find the franchise like scary? No, not really. I never did either. Well, there's certain shots, especially in part one. There's a couple of shots that I I yeah. still think is really creepy. Yeah. Um. Maybe part four, a couple. There's actually one shot in this movie that I think is really well done, mm-hmm. where she's in the cabin and you see over her shoulder, you can see Jason just running through the woods like straight towards her right. in the distance. Right. That like, and she well, just yeah, has good. no idea he's there. That's yeah. a really yeah. well done shot. And I think there's other moments in here where it's 
framed well. I think they paid more attention to the cinematography of it. Yeah. And put a little more effort yeah. into that. Yeah. It's right. not so static as the first one. Though, yeah. Which is a lot of static shots. It looks smoother than yeah. the first one. It looks more a little bit more like a studio, you know, quality movie than an independent film. Right. Of that time, I guess. Yeah. And I think, I mean, for me, like, the age that I was, like, sneaking over to my buddy's house and watching these, it was, you know, like, it was, like, three, five, you know, like, it was, like, mm-hmm. the part three, part five, you know, it's, like, yeah. when they got really heavy into the gimmicks, and it was, like, some of them were more funny. And, you oh, know, yeah. like, while I'm watching these, I'm si- simultaneously watching, like, the Nightmare on Elm Street stuff, which are just, you know, I mean, those are, like, a lot of those are just straight up comedies with gore. Yeah. Know, in a lot of ways, so... Well, you had, you know, the leaders of the pack would have been Halloween, Friday the 13th, and Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah. Were certainly, and then you have maybe Hellraiser. A little later. Yeah. yeah. Hellraiser. For that was sure. like mid-80s when that got started, yeah. I think. And then you got your, like, off-brand, like, Sleepaway Camp and things yeah. like that. Yeah. And then you start getting. Happening in the background. The yeah. you're, like, you're like, huh. Then you've got Motel Hell and like that kind of stuff that's <laughs> yeah. really getting down the down the list. Well, when there, you're but. young and you like these movies, like I mean, for me, like I got into trying to see all of them, right? So it was like whatever crap they were putting out, I was like, oh, Chopping Mall, yeah, let's yeah. go check that out, you which know? is like, brilliant. Which is <laughs> but brilliant. It's like, you know, uh, fond memories. Anyway. For me, growing up in the '80s and avoiding these movies, but having an awareness of them, it it always seemed to me that the the most popular was Elm Street, Nightmare on Elm Street. The more the the more appreciated was Halloween. And then like Friday the thirteenth was like to me it seemed like the imitator to like both of them or something like that. Hmm. That like but like probably like Nightmare on Elm Street seemed to be like the popular one, the, the like the most accessible. It definitely was, yeah. Yeah. And uh like and Halloween was more like if you like good horror or whatever. But like still mainstream, like big Yeah. It was Halloween. Well, they, that's, they, that's my perception without having watching these and certainly not being a fan. They, they all had their own identities, though. I mean, yeah, Nightmare on Elm Street, Freddy Krueger was on MTV. <laughs> like, he was, you know, started yeah. out as a, as a deeply horrific character. Yeah. yeah. And, and then, then he was hosting. Between, uh, some point between one and two, or really, I guess, around two Sky. into three, he was a pop culture yeah. icon. Like right. he's on the MTV whatever awards and hosting shows and making all these guest appearances and people are watching the movies to see Freddy's one-liners and yeah. what creative ways he's gonna, you know, you're rooting for Freddy definitely not the not the teens or whoever they are. In the oh films. yeah, for sure. Like that, he was the the perfect antihero. Yeah, you know, for for that series. And Halloween had the higher quality, especially with the first one and and the second one, uh, had the higher quality scares but then it kind of lost its way with part three and trying to do the um you know separate itself from the michael myers storyline which absolutely didn't work yeah although halloween three is actually a good film it just had the uh, problem of being called halloween three is it a good film i guess i never really give it another viewing If you just take it outside of the Michael Myers stuff, yeah, look at yeah. it as its own movie, it's pretty good. I think the only time I tried to watch it, I was like, what is this? I was young, and I was like, what? Yeah. this is not... This... Everybody had the expectation yeah. of that it was tied in somehow, and it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and it's then like by witch, the time they... Right? There's like a witch in the third one? Is that Season right? of the Witch, yeah. Okay. It's about these masks that 
kids are wearing and the masks possess them and oh, yeah okay. yeah um but they all have like even nightmare on elm street has like part two for nightmare on elm street is also like way out of the norm of the other movies you know like I, they tried to do something different but at least it had freddy krueger so like you were kind of still rooted in right in the deal yeah but yeah there's a lot of we'll just say there's a lot of subtext to part two of uh nightmare on elm street yeah that's another one that i gotta go back and watch because i haven't seen that in yeah like well, i i intentionally like ignore that one yeah it's probably the least watched right and it was one that didn't again i think there was a, an a, kind of an embarrassment over that one mm-hmm. so it wasn't promoted and then three was so successful and then four right after that it was like forget part two guys oh interesting yeah, yeah. But Freddy became Freddy's like the Deadpool of the horror universes, right? Absolutely, like, yeah, because like right. Deadpool's is like a terror, like you know, terrible character. He's funny, but he's mur- murderous, vigilante, mm-hmm. blah blah blah. But he's mainstream accepted. Like, these ha- Halloween costumes with for kids, and these R-rated movies, and obviously like these violent comics. Uh, but Deadpool is he's as beloved as Wolverine, who also murders people. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, Would Wolverine know? be like Jason? Yes. No. No. Yes. Yeah, okay. And then Gambit's Michael Myers. Okay. <laughs> really? No. Uh, Maybe Beast would be like Jason. Yeah. Yeah. But like changing the changing the like the fictional character to become more mainstream mm-hmm. and accepted and no matter what the like original context was. Yeah. Uh, that's it's that like you said, Freddie being on M T V and yeah, just being popular and everything and all that. He it's not like little. Show. Yeah, that's right. That's right. Freddy's, Jason, na- Freddy's Jason, nightmares. Friday Thirteen tried to have his own show, but well, yeah, and again, they that was another attempt to separate it from Jason. Yeah, like they would. I think they would like open the show with like mentioning something that tied in with Jason. Well, they but had the, the mask in the credits, and that was about it, right? Like, yeah. It was all standalone. What the hell was that show? It was about? Like, like it was to compete with Tales from the Crypt. Which yeah. you couldn't really do anyway at that point. That was a, that was a fantastic show. Yeah, wasn't it? I mean, that it was HBO. You know, wasn't a, we know we all know HBO does high quality products. <laughs> well, they push boundaries. <clears throat> they're they're envelope pushers. They are <laughs> envelope pushers. Yeah. yeah, that's HBO. The envelope pushers. <laughs> that's their new tagline. Yeah, that's under there. With they quote you on it. But this movie, part two. Now this changed everything. Kind of, it like sort of. kind of started to change. Obviously, everything, right? But, right. Jason's the focus. Right. Yeah. They don't quite have the look. They but... don't have the look. They don't have the character down really. Yeah, he's not quite the enigma that that he ends up. You know, like the kind of indestructible character that he ends up being. Like yeah. This. yeah. He's not as physically big as right. as he would become, especially in part. Well, I guess in the next one too, he's already you know a bigger guy. Yeah. Um, but if you if you look at this movie, kind of like with Halloween three, like forget about the other, forget his name is Jason. Say his name is David. What Billy? <laughs> um, no, if you just look at it like as a stalker killer movie on its own, what what, what do you, what do you think about it? Think it holds up or? I mean, I don't think it really stands out that much. You know what I mean? There are, there's definitely some pretty interesting creative kills, but it is a little slow at the beginning, and then it's like the last thirty minutes, it's just like slaughter. 
you know, yeah. everywhere. But I mean, as a as kind of a stalker movie, like it's I think it's pretty run of the mill, you know. Yeah, I think it is now. I don't know if I mean, obviously, the look of with the bag over the head was taken directly from the town that dreaded sundown. Absolutely, which that's which is that's a creepy poster just sure. with the way that the art is done on that. But and they're spending a lot more time. They really want you to like these teenagers. And that's another part of the focus of the first half is you're spending so much time with them. And, you know, the, the oh, God, why did I just blank on his name? The redheaded guy who's the comedian. Todd or Ted. Um, yeah. Ted. Ted, yeah, Ted. Ted. Ted, who survives. Yeah. Somehow. That never happens. Yeah. Well, he, like, stayed, he went to the Like the comedic guy never lives, right? So, no, like, this always. Guy, this guy totally escapes by doing like one of the things that's one of the cardinal rules in in these movies is like don't party too much or else you're going to end up slaughtered right yeah. this dude's like I'm ready to party I'm going to party so much I'm going to pass out somewhere else and never make it back <laughs> yeah we never see him yeah, luckily he's like, Peace, I'm, where's the after party let's go the you survivors know? of the franchise are like the, the leading ladies most mm-hmm. of them Tommy Jarvis yeah. and Ted and scrawny ass <laughs> Ted <laughs> Did Ted never came back to the series? No, never no. see him again. To avenge his friends. You could. I'm surprised. Now I know they're doing a lot of fan fiction or fan films. Mm-hmm. Um, I haven't seen really any of them, but you could do. I was thinking the other day. I'm like, you could do a a movie where you take the survivors and have some kind of storyline. You know, where they're they're all like you meet up with, or they maybe they all meet up with each other and. Yeah. Maybe yeah. they go to a camp to try to work out their ongoing yeah, issues, a, and there's a group like yeah, a group like, therapy. It's like Jason's Anonymous. Like they're just all like <laughs> together, led by you know Ted's just in the background. <laughs> but throw him in there. We know yeah. Corey Feldman wants back in on the franchise. Does he want in? He's Does expressed he? this. Yeah. All right. So I mean, Corey Feldman well, wants Paul to be a part of anything that Corey Feldman can be a part of. That, that's true. At this yeah. point, which right. is sad. I, I said Paul Rudd, but that's Halloween, right? That is, yeah. Okay. Halloween six. Six, yeah. Yeah. The curse. Yes, yeah. the curse of Michael Myers. Yeah. Michael. Oh, Paul. But this one, I don't know. I, I've been, kind of been down on this one for a long time, and looking at it, this most recent viewing, I wasn't as harsh on it. I feel like it does. It does work. The formula is still there. The formula from the first movie is almost just completely moved over to this one. Yeah. Which I don't have a problem with. Right. I think, you know, for me, like, it's it's kind of a good transition. Okay, you're, st- you're starting from a movie that doesn't have really anything to do with Jason at all. And you want to continue the franchise. It's a good transitional piece until you really find your footing of creating, like, this iconic recurring like indestructible creature that no one really knows Mm -hmm. how or why or whatever you know like it it kept it alive long enough to get to the place where it became really popular and like really you know like a significant part of like the underbelly of pop culture and like the horror genre and the slasher genre oh yeah 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 it definitely and if that was its purpose then it achieved that goal for sure for sure it was sort of like buying time. And yeah. in the meantime, it made a lot of money. Yeah. I don't know if it was the purpose. No, or if they yeah. just kind of like kept, you know, like dumb luck, kept stumbling into it. And they're like, yeah. they finally like hit on something. And it was like, you know, the light bulb goes off and they're like, all right, we're going to roll with this. Yeah. Well, they were under a lot of pressure. I mean, they rolled right into this movie, had to shoot it quickly, and they had a release date. It was 
you know, April, what was it? April, I'm going to look up the exact date. April 30th, 1981. So Whoa. within the span of a year, both, weeks after both, the movies, yeah, that's both movies came out. And that's an incredibly short turnaround. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, yeah, and they... That's crazy. I mean, the first one killed it. Yeah. For the budget and the return. Yeah, so, half yeah. a million dollar budget and... And what was it? You it don't want to. You don't want too much time to pass, so you so you lose the magic. Yeah. Yeah. It was a half million dollar budget, and it made like forty million. Man. So yeah. that's. Okay, I have twenty one million for that, but maybe I'm not. Twenty one, like U.S. domestic total? gross. Yeah. I don't know. My 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 reference here has uh, has something different. Thirty nine point seven. Okay. In theaters, theatrical. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. U.S. box office. Well, hell, okay. Uh, and this one, so it comes out April 30th. The budget on this one is much higher, 1.25 million, mm-hmm. and then it ends up making about 21.7 for oh, part two. So yeah, yeah, I was talking about part one before. I'm so sorry. Yeah, that's where our mix-up was. I thought so, we were there. Okay, got it. Yeah, cool. So part one, I obviously, better about that now that <laughs> you guys are on the same page. I was a little nervous. I was yeah. like, "What's happening? Wait, why?" This is so the first time. The ratio is, you know, smaller, but that's still a huge profit. Massive. And they really didn't have to Especially do... Especially in 81. Like... Yeah, yeah, exactly. And they didn't have to do that. Paramount didn't do that much promotion. They did enough, but they knew that on name alone, people right. are coming to this movie because it's still so hot from mm-hmm. less than a year earlier. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, they're, it's definitely uh, a transition movie without realizing it. Right. I mean, looking at it in retrospect, yeah, absolutely. Like, yeah. It, it, and it works, I think, really well in that capacity. As a standalone, like, you know, maybe back in 81, like, sure, it was a fairly decent pass at a stalker movie. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I think it's about where it leads us down the road more so than, like, what this is. Yeah. Looking at it in hindsight, yes, that's yeah. exactly what it is. and. And, you know, it's not one that I, like, when I want to watch a Friday the 13th movie, it's definitely not one of my top ones I put in. No. Me neither. Yeah. Seven. Me neither. I would four, go... Four, seven. Yes. <laughs> Those are mine. Four, seven. Free. Mine's goes back and forth between one or four. Yeah. Seven's up there. Six is up there for me. One's one's definitely, I mean, I'm, when I say seven, I say that kind of tongue-in-cheek, but... It's enter- highly entertaining. Yeah, I, I enjoy telekinesis. I can't get away from it. You know, any sci-fi, any sci-fi spin I'll take. I'll and, catch and you in the parking lot just, like, trying yeah, really hard. Yeah, just try real hard. I, you know, I can't help it. Firestarter yeah. was a thing for me. I just um, saw a clip of Firestarter last night, and I realized I, it's been a long time since I've seen that. Yeah, I doubt that that movie holds up. But, um, you know, as a, as a child, yeah. it was a great... Mm-hmm movie um yeah i i lost my train of thought but four one seven i mean seven yeah. is fun for me but i think those are kind of like my top three what it, so i don't I, i'm looking at a lot of lists online of of the sur- surviving ladies mm-hmm. and many of them have amy Steele as number one wow as really? the top female lead of all of these movies the, the franchise or all, the franchise. The, all the horror movies no of the, I don't just know. the friday movies of the friday movies i don't know if i agree with that oh, i don't know I, I do think she's a strong character she's outgoing she's kind of goes against the grain she's a little bit 
anti-authority. Um, but uh, she's certainly not a pushover, and she's tough. Yeah, I get that she's tough, and she—I mean, she's kind of a badass. But what kind of kills it for me is her being like one of the top, like last girls, is the fact that she's like dating that camp counselor guy who's a yeah. total jackass. Yeah. Like I can't even. Paul. I'm like, I'm like, what kind of life decisions are you making if like <laughs> that's your dude, right? Yeah. Like I just can't. It, 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 take it. I'm out of it. I'm out. Huh. I I really liked her, but I mean I think I think I'm still more of an Adrian King for the between the two. I'll take yeah. I'll take Alice over Ginny, uh, but I really like Ginny. I you know I think like when it come, when it came down to like the climactic scene after she after she beats him and then they're in the cabin and then like it's the two of them and they they hear the rattle and she's like yeah she's like saying yes like go ahead you can do this like egging him on open the door we're gonna, we can get him. Like, but she's afraid, and uh, it was really cool. It was yeah. a nice little moment of, like, it's not over, and she knows it. And it's, I don't know, that's kind of neat. Well, it's yeah. a well done. That that whole scene is well done. It's well blocked. Yeah. I think that's a scene where he's, where Minor does a really good job of bu- building up the tension. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The end because you're, you know, you know that Jason's on the other side of that door, and they yeah. know it, and they're preparing for it, and then Jason does his Jason thing. He appears out of nowhere. Coming from behind. Through the right. window. Right. Which was a scene they had to film. Like, it took them all night to do that. They just kept doing it over and over and over. <laughs> and they through the window. Yeah. <laughs> Poor dude had to leap through the window. Like, yeah, yeah. Hundreds of times. Yeah. And they didn't have one high-speed camera to do it. No. <laughs> no. Just over and over. Uh, oh, my gosh. Um, but, yeah, I, I think, um, you know, she's, she's smart. Ginny lures, you know, figures out a plan when she... Because she kind of stumbles into uh, Jason's cabin, sure, where you see, you know, the big reveal of that he's retrieved Mrs. Voorhees' head and sweater, and, and the sweater, and yeah, don't forget the sweater, uh-huh. and re, you know, kind of built a uh, a memorial to her, an, a, altar. You know, an altar yeah. shrine, and she quickly comes up with the plan. I mean, oh, yeah. she has Super really no smart. other choice. Like, hell of Very a gamble. Quick. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But I guess when you're, you know, I mean, your back's against the wall, you got to try something. I mean, it's definitely Literally, like, yeah. like very, very quick thinking. She probably had another second to think about it. She might have taken the head away from the altar and hidden it. Yeah. But, you know. Is, uh, is, this, the only, is this the only movie where Jason gets hit in the, the sensitive groin area? Uh, I don't when that happened, so. I was like, oh, wait, isn't he like a ghost? <laughs> oh, wait, not yet. <laughs> He, he's just a guy. He's still, I guess he's, what on his, is he, are we saying he's still alive or is he on life number two at this point? I'm, I mean, going, he, with, I'm going with he's still alive. Well, he, he's always been alive. Yeah. yeah. And he, I think, you know, like, he's always been alive. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. If I was going to. And I think that's what they're playing at in this yeah. movie, right? So, right. That he's, hu- he's still human. He's human. He's a freak of nature. Yeah. Yeah. He's obviously psychotic. Right, but he's a, a real person, and he did very much survive out in the wilderness on his own. On people survive in the wilderness all the time. And if his, yeah. but did his mom, did Mrs. Voorhees like know he was out there? No, I don't think so. That that's where you're. There's a story that's where I'm perplexed. There. Why wouldn't Jason go try to you know find his mom, especially if she's hanging around the camp? I think he. I think he was. A, he's a good stalker. He he pays attention to what goes on, he, but he does. Yeah. And then now he finally started to intervene. 
because his mom was taking care of him, mm-hmm. you know, getting that revenge. I think the yeah. badgers that raised him weren't quite ready to let him out of the, <laughs> the den. That must be it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and what do you, so we've, we've got a little bit of a, a, a another mystery ending to the film. Yeah, that's stupid. Yeah, not a fan? Don't like it. What happened to Paul? I don't know what happened to Paul. He should be fine. We don't know. According to the writer, his intention was that Paul is dead. That he was killed in the cat. Like there's their last last time you see him, he's tussling with Jason. Oh, so that from that point on, nothing actually happened. That's what that's what the writer says. That's not even like even close to that is indicated in the movie. It's really yeah. The the I think it was meant to be vague, but it didn't work. Yeah, yeah. It's a little like jarring. Yeah, it's just yeah. too many questions. Like right. it's it's good to have it end with questions. Sure. I don't mind the like what's going to happen to Ginny side of it. Sure, I think that's okay. That's because that's your kind of your happy but still downer ending, which we all know that I love from those gritty '70s films. You love downer endings, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the inevitability of being a man. Like, it's your sweet spot. <laughs> she lives, but she's torn apart. Does she show up in part three? No. No. Is we, do we hear from her again? No, we never. Ginny, poor, never see again. Yeah, it only, that was only used in this one movie where they where they brought the, yeah. the last girl back. Huh. Bummer. But there's some. There's still some great kills in this movie. Yeah, for sure. Really good kills. Super classic like kills. Yeah. Like two, right? Two. Um, I think three. At least three. Two for sure. Four. There's four right off the top of my head that I that I particularly wow. enjoy. I mean, the two that jump right out to me is obviously what is his name, Mark in Mark. the wheelchair. Like, yeah. That's. I mean, that's like on every like reel that has any kind of recap of the franchise. Yeah. And then and then obviously the one in the in the the the, the climax. Yeah. Of the of the bed scene. Well, you really like Mark. I mean, you, you know, he's handicapped and, yeah. you know, there's there's really no reason to dislike him. He's, no. you know, he's charming. He's, you You're know. Totally rooting for Mark. Yeah. Yeah. You want him to, to score with, with, uh, with the girl. Yeah. She's uh, totally into him. She's it's totally like, into yeah. him. And when he meets such a kind of quick and super violent. Yeah. And, <laughs> it's Absolute just, whoa. Okay. You're like, oh, Mark just got a machete to the face. Yeah. Like. That right sucks. to the like through half of his head r- via his face. Yeah, that's um, bad news. Yeah, that's yeah, that's that's gonna hurt. Yeah, so what are the other two kills that you're thinking though, right off the top? The, well, the the other one, uh, the other one is the double skewer through the bed, yeah. which yeah. is an homage to uh, Mario Bava's films. Okay, which uh, they do the same thing. You're smarter and than me, so I, that's I believe you. There, there was a much more gory effect done with that by uh, the effects department head Carl Fullerton that, that, that's a legend we don't know there's no proof that there was an actual more no there's there is footage of really like he stabs through and then kind of like is moving it around oh. and there's a bigger <laughs> and like there. wrenching it yeah. around in yeah. the wow that's intense yeah yeah uh, much more blood. That was one of the main things that got cut. That, that would explain why there's so much blood just like sprayed in yes. the bed, like yeah. when they visit, revisit the the scene. And the psychological, you know, side of it is that poor girl who's underneath the guy yeah. sees him coming in and oh, has yeah. that you know however many seconds of oh, knowing that, that oh no moment. Yeah, yeah. That this and like she can't get the guy off and and. Uh, you know she's stuck and knowing this is going to happen yeah that's always 
part of the horror films that really work is that that psychological side, not sure. just the like physical chopping up and you know that that knowing of imminent death. Yeah, and being unable to stop it. When you it, it's yeah it's those moments where you know you're gonna die and you're like nothing yeah. nothing left to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, uh, yeah, well, I that's why I didn't really enjoy Mark's kill. Uh, really. Well, well, and I mean, I, and I'm just spoiled by better, you know, horror today. Just it, it's kind of clunky, and it just happens suddenly. There's no real indication it's going to happen, and, and it's just kind of like, oh, well, they just killed the guy. You just killed him. Like he's just there. Like I don't know. I think that like, shock is. I thought it was boring and <laughs> like not well shot, and I was like not happy that he died. Obviously, but I'm like. Uh, this is stupid. <laughs> oh, damn. I literally wrote, I think, that, that was stupid. <laughs> that's your <laughs> Oh, that's no. stupid. Uh, it is, like, stupid. probably the mo- one of the most iconic over all the franchises. So I, I love I love that yeah. you note is, oh, that's stupid. <laughs> oh, so stupid. He'll just shoot it down in a heartbeat. Well, like, I, yeah, there's, awesome. I mean, but, I mean, I'm watching it from the future. Yeah, right exactly. Now. That's I mean, the difference, right? Like, yeah. if you'd have seen it, you know, in I saw 30 years 85 ago. or yeah. whatever, you know, like... Like, oh, wow. Maybe it would have been completely different. Yeah. Because, like, now you're right. Like, things are, you know. Yeah. From a first timer, I was like, ah, it sucks. Well, especially with how much horror movies have changed and the way they make them now. Which, you know, there's certain, there's obviously certain iconic movies that, you know, explode into society and change, especially horror, the way horror movies are made. Yeah. And now it's what? I mean, The Ring, like, no, Blair Witch, which we talked about in our archives yeah uh that you know changed totally the way that you would conceive a horror movie yeah well and and make... i mean everything about filmmaking now is i mean there's a science behind it you mm-hmm. know it's like they've got everything kind of dialed into a point where like you know like they know exactly what to do to get a certain response at a certain time mm-hmm. and how to build towards it yeah and back in the 80s you know they were still figuring all that stuff yeah. out they were you know and this was very kind of guerrilla style filmmaking they're you know, just kind of winging it in a lot of cases. And, like, that's just not how things are... A lot of things are not done that way now. Yeah, it was still... It was very much evolving Yeah. Uh, up until Halloween came out. You know, there was there was only a few major horror movies. You know, Rosemary's Baby, The Exorcist, that were, you know, still of a much higher class. Sure. And you weren't seeing a lot of horror movies beneath that. There right. wasn't those... You know, after the Universal horror movies died out and the, the Castle... Or um, you know horror films, or not Castle, the Hammer horror films, out of England, it yeah. kind of stopped in the seventies, and then you had The Exorcist and Texas Chainsaw, but Halloween just opened a whole new door, which Friday the Thirteenth just swept right in behind yeah. it. It was like ooh, and Nightmare on Elm Street just had a different spot. spin on it, had a had a real different creative take, absolutely that yeah. carried that franchise. Yeah. Uh, but this, so yeah, two is, you know, at the time it's still just following that formula of the way, the way it was done then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. And there's really nothing, there's nothing unique about two. No, not really. You know, and I, that's, that's one of the, to me, that's one of the reasons that it always mixes in, in the bottom half of the franchise for me yeah. is because it's, you know, you don't have Jason you don't have the Jason that we know yeah. and we love so much. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there's no real unique moment other than I think Mark's kill is one. Yeah. <laughs> this is like the, this is the highlight of this movie. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. Well, 
that's the highlight of most of the Friday the 13th movies is, is the, the kill. Is the kill. And, and no, no, but that particular kill. I just think there was no tension build up and it was shot terribly. Like, is it there, just, the is whole there a, thing sucked. Is like, there a kill <laughs> in the movie that you enjoy? Um, well, I th- I, the, the duo getting skewered, like that's, that really works. It ranks high for you? Yeah, I think that, that, that was kind of, kind of scary. Uh, and then, oh, and when um, the one who was going to sleep with Mark... Vicky? And she, Vicky, and she's like, she's up against the wall, and, and it's just like the shot of the knife, and she, yeah, like that, she's seeing it coming. It's yeah. and it it takes longer than you would think, and I was like, oh crap, that's kind of scary. Yeah. Like I thought that, that was that was a kind of a cool kill, even though you don't see the explicit nature of the kill. It's the psychological terror. Yeah, well, that kind of worked. Yeah, I agree. That was that was another one on there. There's my nothing list, visually but... interesting. That, yeah, like you wouldn't put that in a reel in a sense of like, yeah, the machete right. to the face is obviously like, you know, right. real obvious. Well, and, the, and the wheelchair rolling down the stairs and all. Yeah. You know what I mean, yeah. it's like you know. But then, but then they cut like it. It freeze frames and cuts out before. Did like, you, you laugh see... when that happened? Because oh, yeah. I can oh, picture you like, laughing. Oh my god! Yeah. <laughs> I'm like oh god! <laughs> but you know, so for me, yeah, that's. Uh, it's funny that like this is the thing everyone talks about for this movie is the yeah. Mark kill like Jesus. Yeah, this is terrible. I like because the... go ahead. I think it's also the reason it's iconic is because it really kind of fits into some of the kills later on in the franchise when you know like when Jason has been kind of more established and the kills become a diff- like the centerpieces of the thing, right? Like it's mm-hmm. it's like he's been. It's like grandiose. Like he gets hit in the head, and he and the wheelchair rolls down the stairs, and it's not just like it's like the cause and effect and the aftermath, and you know, like a lot of that, like in the later stages of the franchise, is kind of also what makes the kills stand out. Is like mm-hmm. what is it? It's not just that someone's being killed, but like what's happening afterwards. What is the story of that kill? And like yeah, yeah. this one has kind of more of a story than just like you know, like crazy Ralph having his. Cho- being choked out at the tree or whatever. Well, you know right. what I mean? yeah. Ralph uh, Crazy Ralph, yeah. yeah. R.I.P. Com- comes back, R.I.P. Yeah. yeah. I could have kept that character around for a little while. He should while. have been in every he movie. Because basically... I, I don't disagree. I think He, he should, should be a hologram be. on that space station. Yes. <laughs> he, but, but they basically did have a version of Crazy Ralph in almost every movie. Yeah. Because they oh, keep yeah. encountering these like crazy, random, you know residents of the town like why not why not let that have been crazy ralph yeah. but but again they didn't they really clearly didn't know where the franchise was going so right now when you make a horror movie like this you plan the franchise out mm-hmm. at least at least oh, yeah. some of it yeah you're at least going to plan three of the movies you then... know it's a trilogy yeah that's just a rule now yeah so and then maybe a series after that we'll see mm-hmm. see how it goes um a lunchbox. I made, a, I made a note watching this. Like when Vicky finds the bed and Jason's in the bed, and, and like that, and that's when that big approach happens. Mm-hmm. And uh, the music that plays, and it's that generic sort of like tension building, but it repeats over and over and over. And it reminded me of the, the Californian sketch where when they, they keep yeah. flashing to someone going like, and I mean, it's I I feel like the Californians ripped that off or something because it's just that like that big grand like repeating. Tension moment, tension moment. I was, I was dying. It's <laughs> like that's the Californians. But and Harry Manfredini's score is another mm-hmm. important part of all of these movies. Yeah. And this one, he's, I mean, he's admitted like 
he didn't really know what he was doing either on the first one and just kind of winging it. And this is the first one where you're starting to form, you know, figure out how to do the yeah. score for these. So it just feels like everybody's learning. Yeah, you can feel like you can you can kind of feel and see all the seeds being planted for where this thing is going to end up. But, yeah, but it doesn't quite get there for in this installment, right? Yeah, that's uh, I, I'm always surprised that I see this one and again on so many lists online. Ginny ranks number one, and this ranks in the top like three. Really, I've I've just never seen Ugh. it that way. Yeah. I can enjoy it a little more now than I did because when we would watch it, like in college, I really just wanted to get to part four, right. you know, like go from one to four, four, five, six, seven, yeah. eight. <laughs> Is this just like people like, oh, well, it's Jason. It's the first movie with Jason doing it. And Jay, you know, the first of anything is always the best thing. Like, it's, is it, you know, is honestly, it too much of that? Like, it's not that. It's not just that it's the introduction of Jason. Because everyone admits that this is not like true Jason. Yeah. This is still just the first ver- first attempt at him. Yeah. Uh, and then three is the first time you really see Jason. But it, it's, you know, a lot of people feel that the tension is really well done in this oh one. my god. Well, again, I'm seeing it from the future. But yeah. I, don't, I don't buy that for a second. I thought there's the like, tension in the first There's two or kill. three moments, but that's it. I thought the tension of the first kill, like the ice pick to the mm-hmm. temple, was actually pretty well done. Like I think it yeah. it's a little, stands up a little. It's a little bit long, but yeah. like, I think you're, as a viewer, like you're expecting it to happen, and they draw it out, and it's like okay, 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 until there's the big reveal of the head in the fridge, and mm-hmm. it's like oh, it's all tied together, and then, you know, which is funny because that head is completely different than the head at the end of the movie. Is that right? Two totally so, different. But I mean, that's just, five. Well, yeah, but it's also five years later. It's correct. Sure. It's five years later, but they actually brought Betsy Palmer in because you do see her as yeah. Mrs. Voorhees in that, you know, kind of. That was that was cool. I yeah. like that they brought her back. Yeah, which is, ghost kind of. I mean, on. she was great. She was yeah. such a great character, and I'm surprised. There's got to be a legal reason why we haven't seen any ever seen any Mrs. Voorhees merchandise mm. of all the mm. figures that are out. There's never yeah anything with her, mm. but. Anyway, they actually brought her in and made a mold of her head for that version that's in the fridge. Yeah, you, you look, can tell it looks a lot. It like looks her. like it's. I mean, it's, it's definitely it's her. her. Yeah. Huh. And then later in the in the at the end, they had a whole different plan. They had you know a different uh, makeup effect on it. Just looked like a completely different head, and it was. And there was an actress in there. I was gonna say it looked like those eyes could have popped open at the end of the movie. And. In the alternate cut, they do. Yeah. That was the original ending. Was that that you know kind of tight shot on the yeah. face? Yeah, yeah. It was going to end with her opening her eyes and smiling. Yeah, you can just tell there was like, really a, glad that, that didn't happen. Everybody's glad that didn't happen. <laughs> really glad yeah. that didn't happen. But that was again in the script. That was the ending, and then Steve Miner kind of cut just before that. As far as the shooting schedule, like when did they film the that opening scene versus when did they film? Was it at the end of the... No, I think they filmed that. I want to say they filmed that first. Okay. And it was almost like a completely separate thing. Because that opening sequence is just self-contained and its own thing. And then they went to uh, yeah. New Jersey again to... Wow. Yeah. So the reason the heads don't match is for a gag that they never ended up using. Right. Which would have really been crappy. And even Carl Fullerton, the effects, effects man on the movie wishes they had used they just kept the betsy palmer one sure because they had it yeah it was just sitting off to the camp. yeah 
Yeah. Just off camera. They're like, but we could use this one if you want. <laughs> and as far as the making of the movie goes, again, it's very similar to the first one. It's all the you know, actors and the crew all camping out and living, you know, in cabins and in tents and all together and shooting nights, which is really, really difficult to do as a one-off, much less stay on that kind of schedule. Because yeah. there's really very little day work. Well, it's really the first, the you first know. The first 45 minutes is day. I mean, more or less. Yeah, yeah but there's still, the you got your opening camp and... It's probably about well, a half the, hour well, if you cut out the opening. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the whole second half is all is all night. Also, the opening though that that easily could have been shot anytime. No, it, I don't it's, think it's so. It's in that house. No. No, you're like, nope. There's no way they had to shoot it in. <laughs> you can see if you see out the window, window, it's got to be night. There was all those shots nothing right out the window. <laughs> there's nothing you could do about that. Got to do it. Um. Yeah, so they're all there's lots of camaraderie among all the actors, but um, we're all gonna be stars, guys. <laughs> yeah, we're in this big movie. And again, these awesome. guys all signed up based on the name value of the first movie, sure. not knowing anything of like who their characters were, what the story was, what was gonna happen to their characters. Really, I mean, they're signing up before they really even saw a script. They were signing up for that, or they were signing up for they were looking for work because like what? well, both. <laughs> I mean. <laughs> I don't. I don't recall seeing those guys in anything kind of prior or or after. No, that. a lot of them didn't. Uh, Amy Steele, I definitely remember from a different Strokes episode around okay. that time. Sure. And some other. I want to say now that you mentioned that. All right, I think I recall. Yeah, that. and I want to say like maybe Facts of Life and some commercials. Sure. But sure. eventually, her her career didn't really take off. Like like it, I think it could have. Mm-hmm. But I think the the competition at that in the eighties for that look of a young lady was really tough and if you didn't have an agent behind you or a marketing machine behind you or a, or a studio pushing you it was gonna be hard to separate from that and i think she was a victim of that yeah. i didn't think uh john fury who was paul mm. i didn't think he was that bad of an actor either and apparently there's rumors that he had a lot of conflict with steve Miner on set really they've both disputed it but everyone else is like no they fought all the time and just creative direction about Paul's the lead camper. The lead He's the counselor. the own yeah the owner. He's like a thirty camp. year yeah. old owner. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the creeper. Like, yeah. Uh, like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Nowadays, inappropriate. Yeah. yeah. Although well, we don't know. She's in college. She's, she's in, yeah. I guess they she's say they. Of age. Well, they for, I forget what they say. She's studying, but she's, she's uh, driving. Psychology, she, right? She, yeah, I think she's a child so, psychology, or? which makes sense oh, at right. the end. Tie yeah. it in. Cause she, yeah. Because she she knows how to mess with she, the brain. Exactly. Yeah. Right after Friday the Thirteenth Part Two, I mean, she uh, uh, she did Family Ties and the Chips and an A Team, like boom, 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 like yeah, getting in there. And of course, she was in the Great Spontini episode of Quantum Leap, which you know that very well. I'm a big fan. That's a great show. Quantum Quantum is a solid show. Yeah, yeah. You got it. And a great. Why didn't you watch that every morning in school? I could have woken up to that theme song. That's a theme song I could have woken up to. Absolutely. Sorry. So anyway, Although it made me, it always made me a little bit sad. Because Sam could never. Because he could never go home. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's why he I couldn't can... get back to his wife. Don't. Yeah. Don't talk about the last episode. Don't spoil it. Okay, I won't. He spoils it every time I we always, start talking about it. I start crying. And yeah. It's a whole thing. Yeah. All right. Wasn't intended to be a series finale, guys. Did you know that? Yeah. I did actually know that. Terrible. They just threw it on at the end. 
right? Well, I mean, you know, you can tell in the context, you can see it almost could be like a series mm-hmm. that kind of wraps everything up. But and then, but yeah, they just throw a couple of uh, end, Words. end title cards, <laughs> misspell his the character's name, and say he'll never re- reach home. Ouch! <laughs> so, good job, NBC. Yeah, oh I was God. so mad. Anyway, sorry. Back to Friday Focus. the Thirteenth Part. Awesome. Yeah, so so it comes it ends up coming out April thirtieth, eighty one, and it's number one at the box office again, continuing the dominance of this franchise. And this is again, this one comes out before we're still pre Nightmare on Elm Street, Mm -hmm. and we are just I just after Halloween two, which at the time was the spoiler alert demise of Michael Myers. Mm -hmm. So that was. You know, you're sort. I guess in a way, you're sort of transitioning from the Halloween franchise to this new version of the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Sure. With especially the acknowledgement at the end that Jason's missing, mm-hmm. that there's no body there, and it you know leaves it open. Yeah, they weren't going to stop it too. Right. They yeah, I mean, they knew it was going to do well enough to at least make a three. Yeah. Do we see his shack and and uh, memorial to his mother in any future movie? No, I don't think we do. I'm trying to remember if you see it in three. We're going to be covering part three here very soon. Yeah. Boy. We'll all okay. be back at this table, this golden diamond lace table. That's I'm, right. I'm legally obligated to participate. How do you even get this thing in here? It's so heavy. We have, uh, we have a crew of thousands that thousands work at Thousands of studio. Teamsters. Oh, yeah. Right. yeah. <laughs> keep the floors clean. We don't actually shoot anything at this studio. This is just for. For show and for uh, our own acknowledgement that we could if we wanted to. Yeah. We wanted to produce something. We're, we're showing off a little bit. <laughs> we just have a lot of money. That's all. That's what we do here. Um, so, yeah. So, this one, this one, I would say, ranks for me as, I would say, quickly, like, probably number six or number six, somewhere around that zone. Seems middle middle of the pack toward just just towards the bottom end. Yeah, that makes I think I I, I couldn't tell you exactly, but probably right in there. Yeah, I'd have to like lay them all out exactly. Yeah, yeah, I'd have to I'd have to get a magnet board with you know like and switch them around. And I could look say at them from back here. You know what? Step back a little. I'm gonna say it right now. Number all right, one, four, seven, six. Then I would say Jason X. That's just me. I know I'm alone on that one. I'm not a. I have so much fun with that movie. Yeah, yeah, no. Uh, I think Jason X was the only one that I actually like. Was the first one that I actually saw in the theater. Well, didn't we see? Did were you with me when we saw that? Did you? I don't know if that was you and I. Did I see? We went in a group. Uh, no, like at a midnight. No, no, no. I think I went by myself because I okay. couldn't. Nobody yeah. was. People were like, "What?" <laughs> This was back in Houston. Yeah, okay. So, oh, it might have been right after you left. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. But I think that's the first one that I saw, like, actually in the theater. Yeah. Jason X does not get a lot of credit. It gets a lot of shit from people. People yeah, hate does. Jason X. Yeah. But it's so bizarre and hilarious. I mean, it's funny. Yeah. Like Great go- depth. Like Ghostbusters? Is it funny like Ghostbusters? Probably better than Ghostbusters. <laughs> That's blasphemy. Is it funnier than the Ghostbusters remake? <laughs> it's, it's a lot just, better than Ghostbusters 2, I'll tell you that much. Oof. Going after Ghostbusters 2? Yeah, not a fan. Controversial. Yeah. Like, I think... Uh, Any Ghostbusters is good Ghostbusters. headlines on the paper tomorrow. <laughs> Shots fired. John. <laughs> John goes, goes against GB2. 
JX? <laughs> JX? Greater than JB2? JB2? Question mark? Reconcinimation <laughs> infighting begins. <laughs> This is the demise. This is how and it's a started. it's a split. It's like an yeah, art picture with a with crack a, in the like middle. A crack, and we're like, it's all tabloid photos of us being angry. <laughs> and I witnessed it all. Yeah, <laughs> Brent's in the middle, just like, like guys, separating. Uh, guys, not here. It's 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 Brad Pitt is separating Angelina Jolie and Jennifer Aniston on the cover of a magazine. Like I'm Brad Pitt. In <laughs> Brad Pitt cool. trying to settle you, the score. You've got to go to the Reconsin Arena. Settle it there. Like we settle all our fights. It's it's directly behind the Voorhees. It's on the it's on the roof next to the helipad. We call it the pit sometimes. Yeah. Uh, Before we work out our disagreements. We gotta we gotta circle the wagons here and get back on track, guys. (laughs) What's going on? Uh, So for twelve movies with Jason in them, and I've seen now seven of them. Mm -hmm. Proud of you for that, boy. For me, you see which ones have you not seen? I don't know. Let me see. Uh, Jason X. You haven't seen Jason X. Okay. Three. Oh boy, you. Six. No, seven. Seven. Yeah. Seven, eight. Seven, eight, eight. Yeah. But so you seven. Jason goes to hell. So three. Freddy versus Jason. Yes. Okay. Yeah. X three, seven, eight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this one. This one ranks. Bottom three. Probably not the worst one. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it is the worst one for me. It's it's just. Yeah, a, I don't know. Probably I thought is. five was. I mean, oh, five is so bad. You're, yes, five is yeah, the worst I one. Five was the one that. God you God damn it! God damn it! <laughs> you think I'm gonna watch that again when we get to five? Because uh-huh. I'm not. Like, you are. I'm just gonna go based on memory. Like there's <laughs> like no way. Or I'm watching it at twice speed, like two times, the, two times the speed. Tron Tactics. Oh, five. <laughs> You're like, let's watch five. Like, no. There's oh, great deaths in five. I'm so mad at you. The wrapping the the belt around the head around the tree. Oh, come on. That was a pretty good death. That was a good. But the, it's not worth sitting through the rest of the movie. Yeah. Unfortunately, The Walking Dead has killed murders uh, for me. If you ever watch that series, they they spot like one or two good deaths per episode. Mm-hmm. Very creative. Very interesting. Obviously, a big budget. I, I've had a, I've had my fill. Yeah, I'm good on watching. <laughs> I, that, right? I I dipped out on that show two two or three years ago. Yeah, they, uh, they lost me with the tiger. I was like, yeah, okay. that's about when I uh, dropped too. Yeah, oh, before that I dropped off. Before you the, were way before that. I think. After, really? After Negan uh, was he had a season premiere. Where yes. He, oh, okay. he does the two kills. Yeah. It was fucking torture porn, and it was awful. I'm with you. Awful, yeah. especially with that the series the season finale eight months before that. And then that's how they brought it. Oh, I'm so mad. But I can tell Bye. you, I can tell Bye, you that Dead. those guys loved the Friday the Thirteenth franchise. Clearly, yeah. Greg Nicotero, oh, big sure. part of Walking Dead. Yeah, of course. Yeah, Greg um, Nicotero, very talented. Yeah. So yeah, five is the worst. Two is re- the next worst for me, based on everything I've seen so far. Well, and looking at it from having seen all the other Friday the Thirteenth movies, I, for me, that's what pushes it down. Yeah. Is that you know you know what it becomes? It's it's this is very plain to me, very vanilla, just right. straightforward. You're getting some kills. Some of them are you know some of them are good. Some of them are kind of just straightforward um, characters that are likable, but I don't love them. Mm. Whereas I really I like I really wanted Alice to live in the first movie. Yeah, I wanted her to make it, and she did. 
In the first movie. Briefly. She didn't survive. Yeah. Weeks later. Right. Which I thought it would have been cool if it was five years later and he found her. Like, what's he doing? What's he, is he using the public library how, looking yeah, up yeah. How records? Did, and by the way, how did he find how, her? How, how did he get to the town or city that she lives in? <laughs> yeah. We're not going to get into that. <laughs> is he taking a bus? So many people used to wear bags on their head back then. That, yeah. You know, it's like totally like what if, walking around normal. What if he that wasn't him and he hired somebody? He met some guy in a bar in the seedy underbelly of, of the city. What does Jason's voice sound like? Like, I need you to take this girl out. <laughs> I need you to take this girl out. She killed my mom. <laughs> Is that like yeah. shaggy? Sort of. He just communicates through courier pigeon. You know, <laughs> yeah. That's all he's got access to. But man, yeah. Whew. Yeah. This series. Oh my God. Well, it's just, you know, it, it kind of sets it up for the next movie, which we're going to talk about in a couple of months here, very, very sure. soon. Yeah, yep. yeah, sure. Uh, which is kind of the first gimmicky film in the franchise. It's very much the first gimmicky <laughs> movie in the film franchise. And what a gimmick. Are you kidding? It's 3D-tastic. Like, every opportunity they could take. Oh, it's a, yeah. the 3D they movie. They took it. Yeah. Well, when we, and we'll talk about this in that episode, but in our, you know, in college when we watched it and we would do, I would try to create enough things to drink to in, in during each movie that you were basically drinking the whole time. So it was yeah. like someone's getting killed, they're having sex, you hear the, you know, yeah. you hear that. Uh, and then in part three is every time they do a 3D shot. Yeah. So the combo of all that was uh, a lot. When you're like 20, Oh, it's fun for 20, yeah, okay. 21. It's... In the 80s, you didn't make a movie in the third franchise without it being 3D. So it was like... Jaws was... 3. Yeah. Jaws 3D. Jaws 3. Yeah, Jaws 3. Right, the 13th three. Yeah, I guess Nightmare on Elm Street didn't do it until it was like, what, part 6? 6, was... yeah. yeah. It's like Which is 3 times, times two. 2. Yeah, sure, yeah. I get it. They yeah. were late to the party. But... <laughs> yeah. It's like 1983, 84 when they're doing the 3D stuff, but... Nightmare hit it at 91. Yeah. So. <laughs> right. Yeah. Perfect timing. Oh, pardon oh, me. Careful. Pardon me. Someone's pardon trying me. to break in here. Uh, but yeah, so that's um, Friday the 13th too. I think we're mostly in agreement. Doesn't rank as high as some of the other ones. No, totally agree. Doesn't rank as high as some of the other ones. And, you know, works as a transitional thing, but like as a standalone is kind of, I mean, a little dull. Yeah. It's like the... It's like the second season of Star Trek: The Next Generation. A nice little holding pattern until we get to the until we get some more exciting stuff. Until we on. get Crusher back, we figure and, out the show. Yeah. We're really figuring it out. Now. Yeah, I mean, you could make a case that the franchise really starts at three. Like what's known as the Friday the Thirteenth yeah. movie starts at part three, and one is essentially a long prequel. Yeah, and two is like a setup. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'll buy that. Yeah, Drew Barrymore at the beginning of Scream got it wrong when it was who was the killer in Friday the Thirteenth. She right. said Jason. Jason yeah, she's, no, she doesn't. She, that's how she recognizes the film as Jason how, Voorhees in an right. Oscar. And so many people did, and it that's was right. for as successful as the first one was when we were growing up. Again, that wasn't one that was promoted. Yeah, yeah. and neither really was two. I remember three being promoted, four, five, six heavily promoted they're easily brandable you know yeah. marketable you know the yeah. one and two are less so yeah but compare the box office receipts of the first two versus the the you know three through ten yeah 
and how many more people saw one of those instead right. of one and two? Well, two didn't do good. I mean, three right at the ship. I mean, the first one made 40, the second one made about 21, and then yeah. the third one made closer to 40. Yeah. Again, okay. Then, yeah, yeah, so like two, I think two opened big, um, and actually opened bigger than the first one. But I think it was a big drop off because it was like this weird, like this isn't the same kind of yeah. thing, and mm-hmm. it's just weird. He's a stalker, murderer, like the kills. I mean, it's kind of the movie's mostly boring, right? You know? Like overall, like well, technically I mean, it's interesting in some ways, but I mean, what are you getting out of this? There's nothing like that cool or iconic. Yeah, you know, right. I could see why audiences weren't like loving it. And that's what we're going to get into when we return to the franchise is, yeah. is how do they take it into that next step and make it into that, the franchise that we, yeah. we know so well. You know, when Ginny picked up the, she picked up a, what do you call it? A chainsaw. Mm-hmm. And went after him. I'm like, oh, she could end this whole thing right now. Yeah. Like, she could just, she just, and she just cuts him a little bit. I'm like, that chainsaw could have been like, I felt like that could have been his weapon mm-hmm. for the rest of the series yeah. or something, yeah. you know, something there like. There was potential, yeah. like yeah. for an iconic thing to be established. I know, obviously, yeah. we know that. So. Well, that's going to come together in part three. Yeah, so. yeah. sure. <laughs> Can't wait to see. It. Is there a chance on part three? I, I'll never Don't. tell. <laughs> Don't I'll never it. tell. Only if they could make a three D gimmick out of it. <laughs> Got it. Way. A three D chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Uh, yeah, so I think that's that's uh, that's kind of where that's our take on Friday the Thirteenth Part Two. We're yep. going to uh, obviously yep. continue diving through the franchise, whether David wants to or not. I have to yeah. be here, yeah, legally obligated, legally bound. Torture. You're going to be tortured over and over and over again. Oh, I have to watch three now. Oh God, <laughs> yeah. I've never seen it. Oh, we should watch. I, it. Have some fun with it, though. Don't, don't, David. I'll, I'll don't do take these so seriously. I'll get, I'll get one of my favorite be, pasta dishes to go. I'll sit down. It'd be amazing. Have if a get, red wine, <laughs> and I'll watch part three. It, it'd be amazing if we could actually find a version that could be watched in three D. Okay. Well, you can't. The, there, there must there be is a, a Blu-ray DVD. Right? or DVD. Yeah, there is. Is it a, on the DVD? There is. I can't remember if it's Blu-ray or DVD, but there is a home video version of it that's out there. That yeah. I think that's what we got. Oh, you know what? We should stop by Videotech and Ooh. see if they've got it in stock. Betcha they have it with yeah. glasses to spare. Put on your 3D glasses. Yeah. You don't have some? From Pepsi. Pepsi <laughs> presents 3D Friday the 13th. Okay, that's going to wrap it up this week, guys. All uh, right. Wow, Brent. This yeah. was awesome, man. Yeah, thanks for having Thank, me. Yeah, thanks All for right. coming. Good I times. Need, I need you to help walk me through this whole thing. Will, so thank you for helping. I will do my best to be here for you. And you know what? We are also heading straight towards the month of October, which as everyone go. worldwide knows. <laughs> Global. Worldwide. Globally, they all it's know. galactic, I think. Yeah. yeah. It reverberates through the hey, cosmos. Our, our audience in Finland, Japan, Germany, mm-hmm. uh, they're all, and obviously Canada. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's big time up there. Uh, they know that all month long... In October, we cover horror movies and uh, the big scares. We'd love to have you back, Brent, for for one of those. We won't say what titles yet, but okay, yeah. let me know. Well, I well, think I can peel away from the Voorhees Institute for a little bit if you need. You've got a lot of I I I know because I sign your time cards. I know <laughs> you know 
some yes. of the hours you're putting in and uh, some of the programs that you're setting up there, and it's going to be amazing. So I un- also understand if your schedule doesn't allow it. It's pretty packed, but yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll figure something out. Or again. Just call my assistant. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, guys, thank you for, uh, for listening this week. We're going to be back uh, in a couple of weeks with another uh, – Another interesting episode, kind of tying back to some of our uh, some of the things we've done this summer. But um, yeah, so stay tuned for that. And a uh, quick shout out to EK Wimmer for our theme music and uh, Curtis Moore for the artwork. As usual, we love those guys. And check out uh, EK's podcast, Laser Graves, when when you can. Uh, and we're gonna be back uh, soon. So thanks for uh, listening. Stay tuned. Bye now.